No more days to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. No more days to Halloween. We've missed the deadline. <laughs> Halloween, everyone. You're listening to episode 46 of the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. It is genuinely Saturday, 31st of October 2020, as we record this. And in a departure from our normal night terrors, we're actually here bright and early in the morning, long before the ghouls and witches come out. Oh, that's the theory anyway. But nevertheless, I find myself joined by my fellow devils, Luke Poulton, Emily McQuaid, Brian Eno, and Phil Jarrod. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so this is supposed to be our October episode, but it's probably November already as we speak into your ears. And that's because although we were able to get together last night, we had a show to do. Yes, we played live mm. and in person in Brighton to an audience of thousands. <laughs> well, are you talking about their individual cells? Cells, yes. <laughs> well, there were more there were more audience than there were of us on stage, and that's ideal, isn't it? No, that's true. Yeah. Yes, there were. So how do you think it went? I had fun. Yeah, me I, too. It was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh, it was awesome. It was... Yeah, I had, I had a really great time. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I was really proud of what you guys came up with right in 10 minutes of new stand-up, especially for that one-off, one-night show, you know. And uh, listeners, if you want to see the high-tech video camcorder recording of the show, uh, look, <laughs> look out for a mini-podcast episode that I'll record to let you know where and when you can buy it to watch it at home. End of advert. Right, let's crack on. I don't want to miss my lunch. Highs and lows, let's start with Phil. Oh, shit. Um, oh, man alive. I haven't prepared this because it's so early in the morning. Um, okay, so low. I don't want to be a, 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 a. I don't. It's such a low that I would choose, but The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, um, yeah, that was going to be one of mine. I mean, I don't want to be. I, I, I keep on trying to like the new things. Like, and because I know that I'm getting on in eight in years, and like not liking all the new stuff just makes you sound like, oh, the new things are terrible. All of the old things were good, but it was just so. And I really like him. Um, is it Mike Flanagan? I take it is right. Yeah, Do Mike you? Flanagan. I really like Mike Flanagan, and I like the Haunting of Hill House. Although I had to really try to like that. I did like it by the end, but I couldn't get through more than three episodes. It was just just so incredibly boring and um and twitter I, you know looking on twitter and there's those people saying oh my god guys like it's actually not a horror film it's actually a love story which is cool but i wanted a horror film <laughs> isn't it based on the turn of the screw I'm it's not, based I'm on not, all yeah, sorts yeah. it's based on like lots of his stories and this is the thing that really that really really annoyed me because like it's it's like it's the turn of the screw is a thing right it is a book that has like themes and characters you can't just go you can't go right well it's based on the turn of the screw which is really cool and old and you know it's amazing but what we've done is we've changed literally everything about it okay so but it's still based on the turn of the screw oh, but Christ. everything is different what a missed opportunity because there's never really been apart from the innocence which is now extremely old a really good adaptation of the turn of the screw so it would have been amazing to have seen a a good adaptation of the turn of the screw but i must admit may- maybe i'm now just too old and these no, are not, they're not aimed at me it's shit it is. yes it's, it's, <laughs> it's one of the most boring things i have ever watched it's it shouldn't be called the haunting and it's weird that everyone's online is like oh yeah i was crying at the end it's like you did it wrong. wanted it to be an actual haunting and yeah and then what was it they did a whole someone posted online recently oh there was 138 hidden ghosts in the show and yeah. someone was like, well, I didn't see them. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't scary <laughs> so in any way. So what's the point? Yeah. 
It's a little bit like you put on like Love Actually or something. No, and then on Twitter people are like, Love, Love Actually, Actually, it's not a romance, actually. It's a, a disgusting sex film. And you're like, well, <laughs> I wanted a nice romance. Did you know that there are 67 serial killers hidden in Love Actually? <laughs> <laughs> and all of them are played by Egg from This Life. <laughs> uh, what's your high, Phil? Oh, well, and this is uh, this is fucking awful. But um, because I really fancied watching like a horror serial, I had another go at watching American Horror Story. And um, <laughs> I loved it. Any particular one? Uh, we'll watch the first one because, you know, you know, fucking hell, start from the start, otherwise you won't understand it. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I mean, American Horror Story is terrible, but it is extremely watchable and a lot of fun. And it does, and it is doing horror. So it, the, watching the two sort of side by side was really interesting because one was mawkish and boring and long and sort of sober. And the other one is like, fuck me, aliens! <laughs> um, I'm sure I must have said this before, but I tried watching one of them once. I think it was Asylum. And I got five oh. minutes into it and I thought, this is unwatchable. Literally unwatchable. People say Asylum's the best one, but I didn't I didn't massively like Asylum. But I did like the first one. And Jessica Lange is great. I think another thing that's nice about Jessica Lange in it is that she knows she's the best person in it. <laughs> so she really, really goes for it um mm-hmm. anyway there you go that's that's, right. that's that's me luke um my low is gonna be a film called night which is about a man um kidnapping a woman for his online streaming show where he beats her up but it's it's done really badly the whole first opening four minutes um is a man rustling a carrier bag um, and you're not seeing him. It's just the sound of him rustling a carrier bag for the. And then, and then the other five minutes after that are him just following the person from behind. Um, if it wanted to be disturbing, it's not because when people are punched, the man stands right in front of the person, so you never actually see anything. He's actually just stood right in front of the camera. Um, and when he's doing his online streaming, he's like he asks people what he wants them to like. What does it does he want them to do to the person? It's people just saying, "Oh, we'll just punch," but he like just punches, and that's it. But it's on it's on Amazon Prime, um, three point three point one on IMDb. Um, I don't know why I saw that rating and thought, "Yeah, I'm going to put myself through that." Um, I mean, it sounds like a kind of um, extreme horror premise, is it? Or it's, it wanted to be extreme, but it's there's no actual gore or anything. There's even a scene where someone's getting hit with a hammer, and once again, the person is stood in front of the camera, oh. so it's obvious that they couldn't do practical effects. So they just said, oh, just add some sound effects in of them getting hit, but don't actually ever show any blood or anything. Great. So that is really bad. Um, and then my high is The Wolf of um, Snow Hollow, which is um, Jim Cummings' um, new film. Um, he did another, He does a lot of comedy. He did a film called Thunder Road, which was one of my favourite films of, um, it was two years ago. But this one is about a town where uh, murders are happening and uh, people think it's a werewolf Um and it's it's one of the best sort of werewolf films that I have seen recently. It's actually quite gory when they actually show the murders that have happened. That the, the um, werewolf is just stealing people's heads as well. Like mm-hmm. after it it kills the people and takes their heads. Um, so it's all that gore. But then it's him trying to have like a relationship with his daughter at the same time while he's having to investigate a werewolf in town. But it's just it's a really it's a really good film. That it, sounds really similar to um, Night. Um, oh. Bollocks. It was terrible. <laughs> Night o' Bollocks. Surely that's a character from um, Halloween 3. <laughs> Sounds Night like... o' Bollocks. 
Dark was the night, aka Monster Hunter. It sounds no, a lot it's, like it's, that. Um, it's one of the Monster Silver Hunter. Shamrock people. Uh, night of Barlocks. Night of Barlocks. Oh, I'm Night of Barlocks. <laughs> have a nice time. I don't know. It's Night of Barlocks. <laughs> you said Dark was the night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's much better than than that. Werewolf film though, the, the transformation scene's good. Um, you don't see any of that. Fuck sadly. off, then. What's the you point? Just, yeah, you just see them, the werewolf going around attacking people. But when it's actually shown on screen, it's it's really cool. Okay. It's a good. Is it a good werewolf? Yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. I I thought it was going to be like a CGI. Like yeah. when I heard, first heard the noise, I was like, oh, it's going to be CGI, but it's not, and it's done really well. When you first heard the noise. Like the noise of the werewolf. What is it? Like the windows boot up sound. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> how people transform into, into werewolves. Depends on who it is. Some people just get the old Nokia ringtone. <laughs> Bill Gates causes lycanthropy. You heard it here first. <laughs> Emily. Um, I've got two highs again because life's too short to watch shit films apart from all the ones that I watched this month for this podcast (laughs) Um, slightly uh, contrasting first of all something that's very very old House of Wax with Vincent Price Um, I've not seen this before but it's colourful and camp and it was originally filmed in 3D I didn't watch it in 3D so it's basically one of those films where a lot of stuff gets inexplicably lobbed at the camera it's so good in 3D that guy who breaks the fourth wall and just like tries to hit the front row of the audience with his uh, ping pong ball on a string isn't it on a bit of elastic yeah and he's going oh almost got your hat there madam (laughs) (laughs) so good that's delightful I do want to watch it in um, in 3D now it is brilliant in 3D yeah it's um, it's a lot of a lot of fun uh, and the other one, um, unsurprisingly enough, given that I was one who chose Art House Horror the other month, is Saint Maud. I went to oh. an actual cinema to watch that, and um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's very very good, and it's great that it's got a, actually got a proper cinema release, and it, it kind of disturbed me a bit by the end as well. Yeah, it's the use of sound is amazing. It's like there's kind of a trend with a lot of modern horror films to kind of have a very very minimalist score but every now and then have like sort of deep, low rumbling noises. If that happens on this podcast, it's just my stomach rumbling because it's lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find that sort of jump scare towards the end fucking amazing? Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, really well put together that. It's, it, yeah. it really lulls you into thinking, oh, right, wow, that's a strange way. Oh, fuck me! <laughs> <laughs> Quality yeah. piece of work that movie. Another great bit is the final half second. Oh yeah, that was amazing, and that yeah. again because it had the disturbing rumbly soundtrack was like proper kind of oh my god. Uh. Yeah. Uh, Briony, hello. Two lows, too many lows, um, <laughs> so many lows. I mean, Phil covered most of uh, what I was going to say with Bly Manor. Um, oh sorry. I watched, it's fine because I watched all of it. I just I powered through to the end. Um, and the only thing he didn't bring up was Garth Marenghi, isn't it? Playing a lord, Lord of Romford. <laughs> Sorry, is he actually Lord of Romford? That's amazing. No, he's like Lord of something, but I was just oh. watching it going, you're just I, Lord I of thought they could at least do a little callback and make well, Lord of Romford. The accents were so terrible. So it's an American guy playing the uncle, and he's like, hello, I'm terribly drunk. I'm so sorry. I'm so... <laughs> Very, very haunted. And then you- oh, the number of reviews from Americans I've seen from that that just say, "Oh, it's frightfully perfect," or something oh, like that. Oh, yeah. oh, God. That girl, I want her. I wanted her dead in the yeah. show. Yeah. And then you had the northern woman going, "Sun." 
I am from the north. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lesbian. Um, yeah. yeah, so that that yeah, you covered that. It's just the accents in Gotham you didn't get covered. Uh, and and I forgot to talk about this low last month. It was a babysitter killer queen. Mm-hmm. Um, terrible, oh. terrible, 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 terrible. <laughs> Did you like the first one? I didn't mind the first one actually, yeah, but this same. one, it just they even sort of shoehorned a Tiger King joke in, like in dub, like in post, they dubbed <laughs> over like a oh Tiger King, and it's like ah oh, 2020. Um, <laughs> they sort of sugarcoated, and, and it's like a big marshmallow sandwich, and I've had enough of that with manner like everything's sort of being served going it's really very nice it's a love story really yeah. and it's just like no i just want killings yeah. um that's why we're here we're here for killings give us killings. killings if i order <laughs> bread and butter pudding that's what i want <laughs> <laughs> um my actually my high and low are both from canada oddly enough uh my low is um well it's not really horror but blumhouse put it out as one of their four horror films for halloween um and it's the lie it's awful it's the most boring thing i've seen all year there's a two teenage girls they go on a drive with one of their dad and uh they go off i think they disappear off into the woods for a piss and only one of them comes back and she's like oh i accidentally killed my friend but we don't see her body or anything then she and her parents just like talk about it for ever over and over again the plot does not move on at any point um and then there's a twist at the end which you absolutely can see coming from the beginning but the way it's delivered is someone walks into a room and says oh, actually this is what happened bye <laughs> <laughs> it's not exactly a big sort of sore you know bombastic do 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 nothing nothing like that it's just someone rings the doorbell oh hi yeah i'm here all right okay bye uh, it's like 90 minutes for that. Fucking hell. It's so, it's dreadful. And it's so ugly, ugly looking film as well. Shit. And uh, my high was uh, Brandon Cronenberg's Possessor, which is so good. It's about a woman who, um, she's an assassin, but the way she kills her targets is by uh, using technology to sort of get herself inside the bodies of unwilling patsies. Uh, so it looks like it's them that's doing the killing, but the kind of psychological toil of it is taking its toll on her. And it's incredibly gory. Dan Martin's effects are awesome and they're so varied as well. He gets to do all sorts of different clever tricks. Um, it's brilliant. Uh, Luke, you've seen it, haven't you? Yeah. I wasn't as big a fan as you. <laughs> nah. Um, I think, yeah, the opening is like one of the most sort of disturbing things I've seen in a film in a while because it's just so effective and like it does go all out with the um with the practical effects Ben Wheatley's one of the producers I wanted to know if um, the little nod to Brighton in one of the CCTV footage things was at his insistence saying are you going to have a hardcore sex scene in the middle of this horror film are you say it's happening in Brighton <laughs> yeah that is a weird job of the guy that has to put on like a VR headset to watch people just having sex in there yeah. In their houses. That sounds well, great. Can... What's that? What's it called again? Possessor. Oh, t- I'm totally going to watch that. That sounds awesome. Not just because of the Brighton sex. <laughs> now, from highs and lows to high low ween. <laughs> oh, and first up, something very different for us: a PG-rated children's horror movie from 2018. It's Ari Sandel's Goosebumps 2: Haunted Halloween. 
It's starting to look like Halloween around here. I don't think this place is giving out candy. Haunted Halloween. Did you miss me? You discovered a walking, talking dummy and you didn't tell me? Okay, well, he seemed like a really nice guy at the start. They're moving. So tiny and cute, what can they possibly do? Sonny, they're just gummy bears. A ventriloquist dummy springs to life and offers to help two schoolboys beat their bullies and do their chores and homework, but in reality, he has a more sinister and destructive agenda. Um, so this is basically the horrifying story of what happens if you let an effigy of Jimmy Carr into your home, isn't it? <laughs> um, Luke, you picked this, and frankly, I'm surprised you didn't go for Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit instead. But, um, I, should, I should have done, but that's not... That's not set at Halloween, though, is it? It's, it's not no, Halloween. it's got pumpkin on the poster. Yeah, there's some vegetables <laughs> and, and that. So, um, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Giant vegetables. I, I, I love that film, anyway. <laughs> anyway, Goosebumps 2. I like it. It's great. Yeah, it was all right, yeah. When all the mayhem happens on the streets at the end and all the Halloween decorations have come alive, it's just really fun with everything they do and then all the monsters are brought back out of the books. Mm. I mean, I don't know if I call about the Goosebumps books because there's, you know, after my time. Yeah, me um, too. Yeah. But um, I, I understand that Slappy the Dull is a regular character and was in the first film as well. Yeah. Um, he's quite good fun. Uh, I... Preferred, I think. I think I preferred the first half of the film. It's more sinister before he goes full on and makes everything come alive. Do you mean when he makes people's trousers fall down? Yes, yes. <laughs> quite sinister. Your trousers go down, and you've got embarrassing pants with bananas on. Oh, yeah, shamed forever. I love the bit where their trousers fall down because they're still they're still trying to be really hard, and then their trousers fall down. And they pull the trousers up. They're like, oh, "I'm gonna kill you." My trousers are falling down again. <laughs> I was um. I was genuinely surprised about how much I loved this film. <laughs> like I, I put it on thinking, okay, fucking hell, here we go. I'm going to have to watch Goosebumps 2. And then um, I think I fell in love with it in the first five minutes. It's great. It's genuinely funny. Like it's, um, it's, it properly made me laugh. I am on quite a lot of Valium at the moment, but it did... <laughs> it did really I thought Wendy McClendon Covey, who plays uh, their mum... Yeah, I thought she was very funny at first, but uh, but then it, she just, her character runs out of funny things to say. What? It's just, the jokes I, aren't that good. I mean, it is a children's film. I so like. Um, she's expect. really good in. She, it, what's what's the sitcom she's in? The Goldbergs. The Goldbergs. She's no, the no. mum in the Goldbergs, and um, I quite like her in that. And so I thought thought she was very funny in this. They're all very funny. Well, they had, um, they had, the adults were all proper comedy cast, weren't yeah. they? Cause they oh, Ken they, Jung, um, though. I mean, Ken Jung is the most annoying cunt on the mask scene in USA. He is. And, and, and that's on a panel that also got Robin Thicke, Jenny McCarthy, and is hosted by Nick Cannon. Wow. Imagine being the most annoying person <laughs> on a show that's got all them on it. <laughs> that is, he's that's not that impressive. annoying, this one, though. Like, he's usually annoying when he pops up and he plays the same character. And he's playing the same character in this one, but... He's quite... There's there's a charm, I think, in this one. It's on the edge of problematic, isn't it, I suppose? Mm. But um, mm. uh, I did quite like it. You're like, yeah, man. And, and you know, it is quite... It is genuinely creepy. The doll is pretty creepy at the start. Mm. Um, you know, and I like the big spider made out of balloons. It was just a shitload of fun for, like, mm. an hour and a half. Um, I knew, obviously, that Jack Black was going to be in it as, uh, for a little cameo. Yeah. So, but when... Um, Sarah's brother first shows up I thought fuck Jack Black's in it quite early isn't he 
It's like they shrunk him into a child size. <laughs> yes, Cliff, he is a fat child. That's what I'm getting. Oh, fat child. <laughs> so all, children, all the fat children are Jack Black. Jack Black. It's a roundabout way of saying, "Wow, that kid was fat." You see pictures of me from 1987, Jack Black with a mullet. You know. Oh, I looked like Pauline Quirk when I was a kid. Did you? From um, Birds of a Feather. <laughs> I had like a sort of weird page book cut and I was very, very rotund. Um, <laughs> or I look like Jack Black, you know. It's... Yeah. It is a look, isn't it? I suppose the Jack Black look. There are a few, like if you put on enough weight, we all turn into Jack Black. Um, <laughs> We're all Jack Black. Weight Watchers should use that on their adverts. <laughs> so like inside, inside every thin person, there's a Jack Black trying to get in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do, do, do you like Jack Black? <laughs> I mean, he's not in the film that much. Scott, Scott of Rock is he's, he's a lot of fun in that, and mm. he's a bit over the over the top in this. But it's you know it's meant to be this author that thinks he's in, incredible. Yeah, there's some good little R.L. Stein jokes actually, um, like the the balloon Stephen King feud. Bit. Oh yeah, that that is good. Yeah. When he's wandering around, he's like, "Oh, my work used to be so cliched," and then he sees a balloon. He's like, "Ah, oh, I knew I made that up first. So oh. that so that bit is he saying that Stephen King stole it for the book? It's it's weird. The um both of the Goosebumps films have Stephen King references in them. Yeah. In the first film, um, they're doing a school production of The Shining. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Oh, I, I need to watch the first one. I think. Yeah, I, I'm going to watch the first fun. one. Yeah, I, I could be tempted. <laughs> um, maybe if, if we find an excuse to watch it, fit the first one in some theme we do in the future. I don't know what. The film's based on kids' books. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do a whole, a whole episode. You of could them. definitely no. do an, ex- an episode based on evil books because evil yeah. books are just all the way Ooh. through horror, aren't they? Does that mean oh, we can talk about idea. the Care Bears movie? The Care Bears movie's <laughs> fucking terrifying. Really? Um, I, would, I, would, yeah, I would watch the Care Bears movie because that scared me a lot as a kid. Yeah, it's got um, a scary book with a scary, scary face in it. Yeah. Is this what happens when we record pre-Watershed? <laughs> next episode is kids' horror movies. Well, you could do, you know, you could do Watership Down, the Care Bears movie, Goosebumps. There must Hocus be other. Curse the Were-Rabbit. Curse the Were-Rabbit. I'd be up for that. Yeah, I'd be well up for the that. The Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, speaking of kids, because I, I, you know, interact with children regularly. And this film is one that I'd happily let my kids watch as a sort of gateway. Like, mm. I'd put it up there with Hocus Pocus as, like, a fun kids' Halloween film. Yeah. Because um, it's just very silly, and it's got, like, a couple of nods to grown-ups, and some of the effects aren't that... They're not terrible. No, man. The, the CGI no. is quite fun. And, yeah, I mean, I think The Gummy Bears is my favourite ever seen. I think um, the... Um... The guy who works in the pharmacy who gets turned into a, yeah. like, a troll. That's not good CGI. But <laughs> Slappy, Slappy's really good throughout. It's yeah. sort of seamless, whether it's a real doll or CGI or whatever. Do we ever learn why he's called Slappy? Yeah, I thought that was strange. It's, it's not a scary name, Slappy, is it? No, I mean, he's Slappy in all the Goosebumps books. Yeah, I'm trying to remember why he why he gets called it. So there's also room for a slappy, um, gritty origin story. (laughs) (laughs) Slappy come home. (laughs) And the porn spoof, of course. Sloppy come home. We could do a really, really serious reboot called The Slappening. (laughs) Starring Mark Wahlberg. Oh, God. Starring Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) And Slappy. (laughs) 
<laughs> His name is Mr. Slap. <laughs> uh, right, well, while we're talking about kids' films, let's, uh, uh, well, kids' films based on children's horror novels, in fact. Um, scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, it's like it's high production values, everything. It looks really, really great and stuff, but I, I, it left me completely cold and I didn't, I didn't remember too much about it. The only thing that I particularly, that I liked was the, the sort of man made of bits of men, which was quite good. It's just a sort of, okay. it's a, there's a, a, a man's head, isn't it? And he sort of comes out, like drags himself along the floor with his lips and then calls his arm and his arm comes over and sort of like in Terminator 2 they all sort of join up and create this sort of weird man made of bits um, he's called, I think he's called the Jangly Man yeah. is it called the Jangly Man? that's quite good he is. does he bebop? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Jangly Man um, he will in the sequel that's, that's going to be the single that comes out on the <laughs> Jangly Man rap but again this is another um, this is another sort of haunted book film isn't it yeah. and I wonder if because yeah. this is also aimed at kids right uh, no those books <laughs> Are they not? You see, you see those front covers. I, they were sort of kids' books, but the front covers and the pictures that are inside are pretty horrible. Like the things in the actual film got them correct. Like that's the best thing about the film. That if you look at the front covers of the books, it's the exact same. The artwork in the, the film. books is amazing. It's, it's clearly aimed at an older older audience than Goosebumps, but it's like the next next level up, isn't it? I've never read them. I just I know what the artwork looks like because a friend of mine does used to did a stand up routine where she was explained it was Leslie Ewing Burgess for those who know her oh, yeah. uh, she had a stand up routine about how awesome the artwork was oh, including wicked, okay. one picture which she refers to as spiders on my face <laughs> and it's a girl with spiders on her face and they do have the spiders on my face scene in the movie which was oh, yeah. unfortunately ruined by some bad CGI I was quite happy they did you know the woman who lost her toe like that oh, is yeah. oh fucker has, has any scary story ever begun a mother was digging at the edge of a garden when she saw a big toe <laughs> I mean <laughs> yeah yeah. It's really yeah, see, yeah. I quite like that. That reminded me of the ones at school, like the whole thing about someone who buys some knockoff liver and then they get haunted by Johnny, someone. I want my liver back. That one. Yeah. That used I to tried, terrify me. I tried to do a comedy bit about that once and um it just ended up with but fortunately Johnny was a total prick, so no one cared <laughs> when the ghost killed him. There's <laughs> four different stories in this. Is it four? Well four there's the toe one, there's the man who's made of bits. Spiders on my face. There's the huggy lady. Scarecrow. Um, then there's the woman in the hospital with the the big woman that gets, yeah, the, gets the, sucked inside. The, hu- the huggy woman. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's she's proper creepy. I like that, that effect. I think so. Though I think that might be because it reminded me of an episode of The Real Ghostbusters. And yeah, I'm very definitely in pre oh. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll do some dick jokes in a minute. We should do The Real Ghostbusters on our um, on our kids' show. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that was proper creepy. That had some yeah. weird Lovecrafty and shit in it. That haunted me for a long time. I loved the anyway, Ghostbusters, yeah. We've come way off. <laughs> we have, yeah. I couldn't decide whether that huggy uh, albino woman was creepy or just fucking stupid. Uh, it's a bit of both. It's the exact same. Um, the face is the exact same from the book cover. The problem with the film, yeah, is it, it is high production values, but I think there's not enough of the spooky stories and there's too much of what's like a bad rip-off of... Well, it's kind of like... It feels like Stranger Things, but if it was set in the 60s. Yeah. And it was all very much kind of like, hey, we're in the 60s. What about that Richard Nixon? Oh, oh no, he's got to go to Vietnam. And it's like, oh, look, they're playing Donovan. Oh. It's the director of Troll Hunter, so I was quite excited to see him. Well, director of um, Autopsy of Jane Doe. Yeah, so I, I think because I was excited for it because the Autopsy of Jane Doe is generally like creepy yeah. with what it does, so I thought they would bring... 
a lot of that into this. I think the toe story is like the, when the, the toe's in the stew. Like I think that's um, quite disgusting. That part. I don't know, it didn't really grab me at any point, but I, I was yeah. I was awake enough to um, to notice a, a very unexpected shout out to one of uh, Yorkshire's best comedians, Charlie. Charlie who? Chuck. Charlie Chuck. <laughs> wow. I missed that completely. Uh, Charlie Chuck. What the fuck happened to him? He's still he's around. He's still around. He's still, he's still terrifying people by shouting donkey at them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pig. I saw, um, I, I saw Vic and Bob uh, live somewhere and Charlie Chuck was in the middle. Um, and... Yeah. Um, <laughs> He, he did a five-minute bit, which is just him saying, I'll have a cream bun and one yes. of those bacon sandwiches just over and over yes. and over again. Moving on, <laughs> scary stories. Uh, well, it's an anthology, in a sense. Um, and Halloween seems to lend itself to anthology horror. Uh, what about All Hallows' Eve? Oh, my God. Uh, are, these the, are these the most basic three segments in any... Is this Gogglebox Halloween? Yeah, they find a VHS. <laughs> I love the look on the TV when it's like HD quality yeah. VHS. Except for the Except last, for the last one where, where it suddenly decides to make it look all 70s. And yeah, they put the Rob Zombie filter on it. Yeah. Fucking shite, man. Oh. Yeah, that's a bad Any one. director who does that is a prick. Well, also there was the fact that they must have thought... Um, Oh, right, okay. So if we're doing an anthology, that means we don't actually need to think of anything that happens in these short films other than there was a woman and she got stabbed the fuck up. Yeah. And uh, so the first, first segment is about a woman who's being stalked and second segment is about a woman who's being stalked and just for a, a bit of a change, third segment, a woman being stalked. Yeah. It's, by yeah. a really shit alien. No, that's the second one. The that's alien's the, the middle one. The I got to the second one. It was just like, what? is this yeah. is that supposed to be an alien is it supposed to be someone in an alien costume then he knocks over the candles because he's bad at candles it's just so bad it's a Halloween mask and a wetsuit isn't it that they've yeah, got it's that's what that costume yeah. is um, yeah and it's just it's just like an alien's come down he's just gonna bang on the door like what <laughs> <laughs> it's not even any gore in that middle one is there no, no. it's completely pointless waste of everyone's time oh, um gosh. I think my favourite bit was um, where the woman in the film said, what a load of shit. Why am I watching this? Yeah. <laughs> wow, have you got the audience sitting on this? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, art, art the Clown, if you're one of these people who's scared by clowns, I think mm. it's probably, they've done quite a good job of it. It's a scary clown, yeah. It's, it's, the initial sequence where you first see the clown, um, and he's kind of like sort of sitting where the woman's sitting in the station, that's quite well done. Yeah. And it's it's a scary clown that's kind of like looks slightly different to the other scary clowns, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But I've, uh, but it's, I've come up yeah. with a phrase for people who are scared of clowns. I'm going to call them inane clown pussies. Phobias. <laughs> 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 How do they work? I, I've I've, uh, I, I've I've really enjoyed that. I thought that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, if you're expecting us to talk about the anthology Trick or Treat next, tough luck, you'll have to go back to episode eight for that. But what we have instead is 1986's Trick or Treat, uh, which is about a heavy metal star who comes back from the dead when a fan plays his latest record backwards. Could happen. <laughs> Why are the changing rooms right next to the basketball court? When does that ever happen? <laughs> <laughs> when they built the school 
they were like, no, the kids want to do humiliating pranks to the kids that are slightly metally. So why are kids in the eighties so fucking psychotic? Was this a real thing? Like, where are the where are teachers? Where's the mediation? I really they're psychotic, and the majority of them, with the exception of like the lead and um, the girl, girl. a lot of them look about thirty-five. Yeah, it's the it's the um, (laughs) it's the Christine thing again. Psychotic, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Somehow rich enough to be able to afford a personalised number plate for their car. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it is. It is mad how horrible people are in these films. It's attempted murder a lot of the times. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> they're not just bullies, are they? They're literal yeah. psychopaths. Um, yes, <laughs> they would get mediation in nowadays. They'd have a TA standing <laughs> by. They'd get special classes and some. <laughs> Someone to come in and do puzzles with them to figure out what their their malfunction is. What sort of puzzles? Like man, woman, camera, person, TV? Those sort of puzzles. No, just like puzzle lady. I don't know, I can't remember the puzzles. I'm just speaking from experience. Like A lady would come in and do puzzles with you and go, yes, she's very sad. What, if you were a bully or if you were getting bullied? If you're you're having any kind of problems at school. Yeah. I think I was just crying all the time, so they they got a lady to come in and do puzzles. Really? I think we we were saying this on the um on the web from the gig last night um, because we we had we encountered some posh children who um were being drunken assholes yeah. on, yes. on the train back from Brighton. I'm saying that schools these days are a lot better in terms of the way that they deal with certain things. Because when I was when I was at school, um, ancient as I am, if you cried, that you just got told you're just doing it for attention. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then I had the psychotic brownie leader that was like, uh, we got a note from some of the other kids when we were on brownie camp. This is just therapy for me now. Uh, we got a note from some of the other kids when we were on brownie camp that said, we hate you, and we showed it to Brown Owl. And she was like, no, it says, we hope you have a happy time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was not only was I a, a nerdy kid I, I, who looked like Jack Black, I was also a kid. And I've got I've got a reading age of a forty year old, so <laughs> I, I know that, that that definitely says it's it's around now. And then I got told don't tell tales. Anyway, that's enough of my therapy. Um, but yeah, people were mean in the eighties, but not as mean as they are in these films. The yeah, Kelbert's okay. movie and advice on how to deal with school bullies on the Devil Times Five <laughs> horror podcast right here. <laughs> this is a film where the hero tries to kill the supernatural bully by literally flushing him away down the toilet. <laughs> yeah. A fully grown man. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't work. Dennis Nielsen did it. <laughs> <laughs> he had more time to plan. It was different. <laughs> All right, well, sticking with the mid-80s, Night of the Demons is very popular, but it's not very good, is it? Oh, it's fucking brilliant. I hate it. I hate it. It's got a bit where she dances to Bauhaus. It's great. But why does it take 50 minutes to get into? Yeah, it takes a long time. It's quite slow, yeah, but there's a lot that's fun in this movie, and not just the woman's mad goth dress, which is Mm. amazing. I could tell it was a man, though. But when it changed, it wasn't the woman, the same woman anymore. That, that's true. Especially in the sequel, even more so, where like she just suddenly turns into like Richie Sambora from Bon Jovi or something. <laughs> she gets possessed. I mean, talk about people being bastards in the eighties. I mean, these people were absolute bastards, aren't they? Like, there's mm. no, they're all horrible, horrible people in in both of these films. But I like I like both of them really. The first. But, time I mean, for some yeah. reason though, like the the first night of the demons, the fact that they're all bastards didn't really bother me because it was like literally first line was just like 
whoa, titties, yeah. dude, bruh. And it's like, well, at least we know where we are yeah. and what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, well, that is the fact that sort of five minutes later, you've got one girl who manages to help her friend shoplift by showing the man in the, the, um, yeah. the shop her pants. Yeah, yeah. she's sort of doing it's, primitive um, twerking, but it, but it's so bad, it looks like she's about to do a shit up the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it's not sexy. And the amount that she steals. She steals like a <laughs> Santa's sack full of shit. She steals yeah. loo roll. She's very well prepared. Incredible. Yeah, this, this is the, the American Halloween thing about, like, I know, let's do something really evil. Let's put toilet paper everywhere. And that's going to be mildly inconvenient, especially if it's raining. Oh, no. (laughs) Halloween pranks. I I don't don't get one. I thought she was just being, like, forward-thinking, going, oh, we're going to a house, so we should probably get some Oh, we we might shit ourselves, because it's scary. (laughs) It might be scary. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't this whole film just a setup for one big callback, though? Oh, the razor blades. The man's Oh, the apple thing, I'm going to get those kids tonight. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Not till the end of the film. I made you apple... Was, when she made the apples, did she just put the yeah. full ones in? Yeah, how yeah. did he yeah. swallow them? Why is she not chopping them up and then realising, oh shit, I've chopped up the apples, there's razor blades in them. Yeah. Like, would well, she not see it that? It doesn't make sense, but that final sequence is great because it's like your proper oozing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And... It's really good. Um, but yeah. It's just coming straight out his throat. I mean, he must have no feeling in his mouth if if he's, if he's if, if the problem yeah. is in his Swallowing throat. Swallowing whole razors. What I don't like about Night of the Demons is just how it's never convincingly set in a real abandoned house yeah. it always just looks like a studio set and the way they stand around they're all perfectly blocked so they're all in a row and then like it'll even cut to the next shot and they're all of a sudden all in a circle so the camera can do a spin around ah oh, it's really badly made there are some nice shots in it though there's the shot with them all looking in the broken bits of glass which is quite nice oh that's quite nicely done yeah but it wants to be the Evil Dead and it's not. Oh, God, so much, yeah. It wants to be Evil Dead and uh, Return of the Living Dead, doesn't it? It's mm, like yeah. it, it really oh, and, and it's, got, it's got what's-the-face from Return of the Living no, Dead. No, no, quickly, yeah. yeah. And mm. I don't like the way that in this era of American horror, everything had to be a teen comedy. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's just yeah, annoying. Yeah. It's all kind of with the one note as well. It's all just things yeah. like, hey, why don't you pretend to fart in this man's face, Brad? Okay. <laughs> and then we can maybe see some titties if we look out the window. Okay. Oh, man, it's like, so it's so titty-centric. <laughs> it's it a lot, yeah. I thought titties? the 1994 sequel was a, was a bit better. I preferred the sequel. The characters are better. The practical effects are good. Mm-hmm. Um I really like the, uh, the, the the hands bit the, oh, the tits. grabbed by the tits. It's that's that amazing. Was great, yeah. that that's bit. brilliantly strange. Yeah. Yeah, and it looks it looks really convincing, like <laughs> bizarrely convincing. It's just like a lot of my nightmares, <laughs> and I. <laughs> it's never really horrific. And no, it's, it's, it's not a horror. Yeah, it's not horrific or, or scary. It's but it's, it's a fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah, if Night of the Demons wants to be the Evil Dead, then Night of the Demons Two wants to be Evil Dead Two. Yeah. Yeah. And it does the whole thing again of taking, I don't know why I kept looking at the time, but it took 50 minutes again to actually get into it. And it's not until an hour in where that whole mayhem at the party happens, where the woman turns up and starts sort of attacking everyone. So it sort of felt more like I was watching American Pie for a a lot of film, like especially the the opening where they just got their binoculars. That's yeah, amazing. Now looking out the window, I was actually surprised that one was made in '94 because I just mm. went ahead and mm. pressed play. I sort of hadn't double checked the year, and at the end, I was like, "Really? It was made in the '90s? I thought yeah. it was like sort of 1989 or something." Yeah, it's strange to have a scene like that, like something that's out of Porky's. 
Yeah. yeah. So, so early on. Um, I really like the nun, the killer nun oh, with the ruler. She's, yeah, she's awesome. And she's having so much fun. Yeah. Um, and she's a lot of fun to watch. I was, I was, I, it was wicked actually because I was really gutted when she got her head cut off, but then her head pops back and she's back. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> the best character. I don't care that, that makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> that she can just grow a head through faith. But <laughs> how many staff does that school actually have? It, it's two, isn't it? Yeah. It's two, two. Yeah. It's, yeah. The nun yeah. And, and the priest. The priest really isn't that arsed. He wants yeah. to kind of like. <laughs> chill out in his room and read The Catcher in the Rye. Why do you think he's... Because I, I, I saw that he was reading The Catcher in the Rye and I thought, oh, they've done that because that means something. But I can't think of a single reason why that would have any meaning whatsoever mm. in this context. Um, I think it was just an indication that he was a bit misanthropic and also he thought he was cool. Or maybe he was meant to be a bit cool. I'm not sure. Uh, well, we're raiding yeah. the... Um bargain barrel at the local video shop in the 1990s <laughs> oh what have we stumbled across jack o oh <laughs> man oh, that's man. Oh. it makes no sense right from the start it should have a warning saying warning this film makes no sense right from the start <laughs> there was the old scene with kind of like stilted dialogue and a lot of women with mad staring eyes and i was kind of like is this kind of like a sort of a john waters kind of homage? yeah <laughs> they haven't written enough dialogue have they so <laughs> There's scenes, no, there's scenes where people are just sitting around, standing around, saying absolutely nothing. Yeah, or well, the woman <laughs> with the mad eyes sitting on the sofa just drinking wine and whatever. And also, that's not even her house. Why don't they just ask her to leave? I don't yeah. understand that. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, oh, okay, maybe she's evil. No, she's not, not evil. What? What about Linnea Quigley's shower scene, though? Who showers like that? Yeah. Yes, that's very strange. Well, she yeah. does, clearly, yeah. For a long time. Uh, well, you know, I, I feel the need for a sexy shower today, so I'm just <laughs> one foot. <laughs> we've all done it there's been a lot of these sorts of scenes in these films we've watched this this month there was one there's no one film where there's a woman on the phone and she just takes her knickers off which one was oh, that, that one? yeah that um that was night of the demons but it does a really weird shot of that she gets off the phone bends over to take them off and then you just look like you're about to see her whole arsehole yeah. in, the, uh, <laughs> in, the, in the shot I was like alright I just find it so weird it's it, no, looking I mean at the time it seemed fine didn't it but looking looking back it's so fucking strange like and when you're on your phone to your boyfriend if you could just take your pants off why never mind why <laughs> just take your pants off did you like the uh, haunted garage that they were making for the neighbours coming uh, essential Haunted garage prop. Oh, got to take a bowl of grapes in. Yeah, that's an yeah. The whole, Oh, these are eyes. No, they're grapes. If they're you grapes. want to make them like eyes, if you want to do that trick, you have to peel them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. They were really lazy, considering they, they they make a big thing of the dad being really really into Halloween, and he just can't be fucked. Can't be fucked. Yeah, grapes. Yeah, grapes, mate. Yeah, <laughs> fucking grapes. I went, I went, I went down to Aldi. I bought these. Fucking, you know, That's eyeballs. Right. Joy, woo, Halloween. What's happened with this film is they basically cobbled together like three films that don't actually have anything to do with each other. Like legit. So, like you know, the old wizard. Like that's. That, that's clearly just something they filmed already and they're like oh shit like, we've got yeah because that was this. John Carradine who had yeah. died eight years before the film yeah, yeah. was so made like, well, we've got this we've got this b-roll of John Carradine let's put this in and then you know the guy who's doing the um the, the TV the TV host who's like oh it's my horror thing that's mm. from another film that's legitimately from another film because the story I mean you're right Phil it makes no sense because the story mm. is that this family is cursed and and it means that the pumpkin man will come after them and kill them uh, only every fifth generation the eldest boy can kill the pumpkin man so why doesn't the pumpkin man slaughter the family long before he's ever born 
Yeah. If there's yeah. no one there to stop yeah, him. Don't... Yeah, watch Terminator Pumpkin Man. There's a there's a way to do this. Maybe yeah. he's not very good at his job. <laughs> he's dead. Useless. He's dead. Uh, of course, Halloween horror doesn't have to be all about supernatural shit. And it doesn't even have to be shit. I think Murder Party is really good. Murder Party's great. It was yeah. great. I was really surprised by how much I liked this. Wonderful. Yeah, it is good. It is good. It's like yeah. cracking, cracking script. Genuinely funny. Yeah. Um, gore was good. Yeah. Nice, so. nice digs at the likes of Bryony. Yeah, yeah they're yeah, very rude right. about. Yeah, it yeah, really did are. remind. It was like, oh, it's like all the worst parts of my art degrees. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's all the dickheads you ever met, isn't it? Yeah. It's all in one room, and they're. Yeah. All I, just I love like, the um, the bit where they were just like, "Hang on, this guy's not got loads of money. He's been duping us." And the woman's like, "He did like our art, though, right?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great. It was great. Just even the vying for attention and the like, the trying to explain the art and the guy being like, meh, it's like, oh, it's just perfect. It's just and of course, um, the hero's uh, Halloween costume is oh, just Oh, it's so lovely. I love him. Oh, I know. <laughs> Bless him. And it, it, it all happens because he's scared of his own cat, <laughs> <laughs> which is admittedly quite a scary animal. And it gets nice and violent at the end as well. Yeah. 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 Nothing wrong with Murder Party. Uh, right, so earlier we scraped the bottom of the 1990s blockbuster video barrel. The modern equivalent is, of course, the mechanically recovered meat from the warehouse floor of Amazon Prime Video. And an absolute stunner, stunning example of that is 2014's The Scare House. Now, oh, God. Oh, I did not oh, watch this one. It's dreadful. There's only there's one notable thing, and that was because I sometimes watch films with subtitles. A, because I sometimes miss the nuance, and B, if they're shit, it means I can learn German on Duolingo at the same time. <laughs> uh, oh wait, maybe I did watch this one. Is it about a sorority house? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I did watch this one. Yeah, and they set up a fake haunted house to lure their enemies. Yeah, because in. of oh, some yes. shit that happened oh, in yes. the past. But this the, the one bit shit. I did enjoy was. That, uh, at one point, the subtitle said, um, sounds of fighting when there's no fighting going on. Well, surely that's got to be a punk band name. It's, sounds of fighting. It's a very bad film. That was a highlight. Yeah. I thought at the start, like, oh, oh look, they've done that um, 2010s thing of, like, you know, representation and everything, diversity. They've got a lesbian character. Uh, fine. That's good. And then the first, her first line is, I bet you want to fuck me or something like that. <laughs> That's, that sounds terrifying, Cliff. Don't I, <laughs> I, bet I bet you, you want to fuck me. You want to fuck me. And fuck me. We're back to doing Serge Gainsborough. It's turned into, it's turned into um, Papa Lazarou. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? My, it's obviously my lesbian voice. I don't really have one. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, yes, the lesbian voice. <laughs> the one that everyone knows. Hello, my... Oh, God, are you a lesbian? <laughs> no, I'm not. Why would you say such a thing? I'm just French and bisexual. I'm French! <laughs> I, th- I think that my favourite thing about the scare house was the fact that there was that air horn going on in the background throughout because it made me think, oh, at least there might be a rave going on nearby that I can go to after this fucking Someone film's in this, finished. Someone in the world of this film is having fun. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else. So like Abigail's party where there's a better film going on next door. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, this is the sort of film where a woman's had her eyes gouged out and like a vital organ removed, and she's just there, still talking, delivering lines of exposition as if yeah. like through slight tears, you know. 
Oh, and they, I so hated the, the flashback video clips of them in the sorority house because it's just like a horrible kind of idea of like, oh, this is what girls are like when they're a bit drunk and they're having fun. And they're like, hey, bitch, you're a cunt. No, you're a cunt. Stop saying cunt. You're a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, it's all, and then every now and then one of them just talks about the boobs for no reason. But it's not yeah. even it's not even as good as the remake of Sorority Row. It's just rubbish yes it was um, those flashbacks and camcorder bits I was worried at the start that it was going to be found in footage because um, there are quite enough of them I thank you but having said that Phil um, you had Hell House LLC as your high back in May yeah you said, you said I will quote you said it fucking awesome yeah I loved it um, are you going to now tell me you fucking hate it Oh, I fucking hate it. Really, yeah, but Eli, really Eli likes knock-knocks, you know. <laughs> I hated it when I first saw it. On a second watch, it's not that bad. I liked it. The bit where the strobe light goes all weird and everything kicks off is proper stressful to watch. It's like... <sighs> but then it might be because I'd watched the, the other found footage one that we are going to talk about beforehand, and that really is dog shit. So this is, <laughs> you know... Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I don't particularly like found footage, but this is found footage done reasonably well. I think that's it. I like found footage. um, And so I will tolerate uh, really bad found footage. Also, when I first watched this film, I put it on thinking it was going to be dog shit, like thinking I'm going to watch something terrible. So I was very pleasantly surprised. And I think it has got good scares in it and it's got characters and it's got a good setting. um, And um, it hasn't got too much of that like weird midpoint acting that they do in found footage things where they know they're supposed to be being natural but nobody knows how to be a human being when they turn the cameras on. Um, yeah, but it still suffers from them having to just talk about really boring stuff because like they're filming everything. Just because it's found footage, you don't have to include extraneous scenes of yeah. nothingy conversation. It doesn't solve the problem um, of found footage as well as... Um, uh, um, exhibit exhibit A, a mm. because uh, exhibit A that absolutely solves that problem so well that you don't it doesn't even occur to you. But this one doesn't really solve the problem. Yet. There's no reason for any of this shit to be filmed. Really, you would think these haunted house attractions would have no filming rules, no cameras. Mm. Um, oh yeah, yeah no, that's, yeah, that's so. the thing. If it's meant to be that there's the yeah the guest at the end, who's that's the only reason you get the footage at the end is because of the person that was downstairs. Yeah, in the basement when everyone had to run out um, but it does also look like someone that's sort of hiding their phone away a little bit mm. so I don't so. know if it's meant to be that because it looks like a bit of like hide. they've hidden their phone in their top when they're just walking in instead of taking in a giant camera um, which other found footage films have done and you wonder like oh why has no one been like oh you've just bought a giant camera in here maybe um, the venue thought that we had a no filming rule at our gig last night and they just had to bring a tiny camera (laughs) (laughs) but hide hide it somewhere in the room (laughs) £10 well worth it look at it Uh, right along similar lines the houses October built it's the houses of Halloween or the houses get of Halloween it, get it, it right in, on Prime for some reason um, uh, I see mean, I, I would quite like to go to one of these American haunted houses they look fun and do, the best yeah. bits of houses of Halloween if it has any best bits are the documentary bits those yeah. are reasonably well shot and quite interesting but they have to do a story about people filming these things and yeah it's it's bollocks because if you go to one of those things the whole point of them is to give you the feeling that you are in a horror film right yeah Mm -hmm. but watching other people go to them 
it just makes me think, why can't I watch a proper horror film rather than this, <laughs> yeah. this distanced thing? It's, uh, and it's so dull. It's so boring. It does feel weird that it just seems like these people just wanted to make a documentary and then somehow just at one point they just turn around and be like, oh, let's make a horror as well. Mm. I mean, there's a sort of kernel of a good idea in it. Like when they go to the second haunted house, which is hundreds of miles away from the first one, and one of the same uh, scare actresses turns up there and they're like, how could this possibly happen? You know, And that's mm. kind of creepy, but they just don't really build on that. That should be the story. Mm-hmm. But it just ends up... Well, it ends up with a really stupid ending where the final haunted house is actually there to murder them and they get killed and it's, you know, it's, it's shit. I hate it. <laughs> I hate these found footage films. They're so bad. The secret haunted house is called Blue Skeleton. Yeah. Which is, is just a combination of words that makes me laugh and I don't know why. <laughs> it's like what? Like Blue Waffle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> thanks for reminding me of that. Um, <laughs> I think blue skeleton sounds like a euphemism anyway. It's like, you've not seen his blue skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, and that brings us nicely to our second feature, which also purports to be real, up to a point. And it's another unusual one for us to cover, because it's not really a film, more a television play, but it's a classic. Directed by Leslie Manning in 1992, BBC One's infamous Halloween special, Ghost Watch. On Saturday night, we'll be visiting the most haunted house in Britain. But will the ghosts be there? Can you take it? Ghost Watch, a Screen One special for Halloween, Saturday at 9.25 on One. On one? Not even on BBC One, just on one. He was posh as well, so he was on one. That's what he'd say if he went out and took loads of E as well. Yeah. (laughs) One is on one. Yeah. Tonight, Terry Wogan's on one. (laughs) That does explain why everyone who was on four was, like, more wild and... Crazy. <laughs> Surprised they were still alive, especially the potency of drugs. And it wasn't just footage of people sleeping. And it explains a lot about people who are on five. Well, yeah. <laughs> in a live Saturday night broadcast, the BBC's TV cameras are focused on a house in North London where a family of three have been plagued by a ghost known as Pipes. Um, so the thing that everyone says about Ghost Watch is that everyone thought it was a genuine live broadcast. It turned out to be a hoax. Mm. That's the word people use. Um, Phil, did you you pick this as our second feature? Did you watch it at nine twenty five p.m. on Saturday, thirty first October, nineteen ninety two? I did. Um, did you think it was real? I thought it was a hundred percent real. Really? I thought it was real to the extent that I think that this film actually changed my life a little bit. Um, It's definitely the reason I like horror films is this this film, because I think that everything else after Ghostwatch, I wanted to recreate the feeling that this gave me when I was, whenever it was, fucking 12 or something. Mm -hmm. 100% thought it was happening. Um, And I think one of the reasons it's like, if you didn't see it at the time, I know some of us, uh, the rest of you did, but like... No, I didn't. 
I didn't. I I, um, I knew of it by reputation and I knew yeah. of it because um, someone in my GCSE drama class wrote an angry essay about how it was terrible that the BBC <laughs> duped people. But um, for some reason, I didn't watch it when it, when it, um, when it went well, out. Well, I'll, I'll tell you the reason I didn't watch it. It was because it was billed as a drama star in Michael fucking Parkinson. <laughs> I was like, I'm not watching that. It sounds like a load of shit. Well, the way I came to it, so what people don't seem to remember, or what not people don't talk about so much, is that it was, it wasn't part of a series, but it was part of. Um, they still have Spring Watch, don't they, on TV? Yeah. But at yeah. that at that time, yeah. there was like there was Badger Watch, I think, right. and Badger Watch was. Um, that was quite famous for the fact that nothing happened. Um, and it was a whole night trying to watch badgers. And of course, no badgers turned up because they're fucking badgers, mate. And, badgers um, and cunts, anyway. They are. Oh, I love badgers. And there was, badgers alone. There was two badgers. or three. There were, uh, there were two or three of these all night long live specials uh, called Something Watch. Actually, uh, badgers, where, I've just, it was... Oh shit! No, Badger Watch began in 1977. Oh bloody hell! Really? And um, yeah, by 1990 they were calling it Badger Night. Badger, yeah. So, <laughs> but it wasn't just Badger Watch. There were there were a few of these um, yeah. of different things. And so Ghost Watch, when it came out, if you didn't if you didn't like look in the Radio Times, you didn't know anything about it. If you put it on, like I did unlike my family did, then what you're watching wasn't out of the ordinary for something to be on BBC. And they did something extremely clever, which is that for a very long time, nothing happens. And I think one of the reasons that's so clever and why it lulled me and lots of people like me, idiots, into a false sense of security is because it was playing along in exactly the same way as Badger Watch played along. Nothing happened. Lots of boring talking, nothing at all. And then Ghost Watch turns into complete mayhem. And I as as a 12 year old was 100% taken in and i was so scared so scared that i had to i can one of my most vivid childhood memories is being sat on my bed with my mum with a copy of the radio times and a pen circling the word drama in the radio <laughs> times going it is a drama it is a drama it was a play it was made up um, but i do genuinely think it's a great horror film one of the scariest yeah. horror films ever made i think it has some terrifying scenes in it um the the sounds of cats the idea of pipes just makes the skin mm. makes the fucking skin on my arms quiver mm. um the bit where they pan round the fucking curtains and he stood in the curtains it ke- literally keeps me up at night. Like, and if I watch it again, <laughs> the screaming of the cats and stuff, I, I know I know that it's like a childhood trauma coming back. It is so fucking scary. That's um, so cool. I, I wish I had that. I mean, I didn't watch this until last week just because <laughs> I thought, how good can it possibly be? There's still a bit of residual kind of, I'm not watching anything with Michael Bloody Parkinson. <laughs> um and at the start, I mean, the very first thing is uh, they do that thing where they turn the bedroom lights out and then some weird other light comes on from a different source so you can still see what's happening. Like, yeah. uh, like ah, <laughs> oh, it's going to be rubbish. And then um, uh, the acting of the family is so bad. That the it acting really is variable. Is and actually, the acting of the presenters is probably the best, I think. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, Sarah Green is extremely good. And I thought, I hope they don't say the cameraman Chris Miller's name over and over again because I'll just keep thinking. Bismillah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I found myself thinking, yeah, this actually actually is quite spooky. The way yeah. that 
the, the way that it does feel real and they're, they're doing yeah. a really good job of what this sort of show would be I think Michael Parkinson is brilliant in it he's absolutely great also yeah. I, mean, I will I will shut up I promise I'll shut up because I, I, I could talk about it for days and days and days and days but um, what big eyes you have that what big eyes you have that bit <laughs> fuck off just fuck off with that bit um, it's the sort of thing where if you described it to someone who hadn't seen it, they'd just be like, no, that's really lame. But the yeah. way that they execute it is just so masterful and so you're really absorbing. It's Because you're not in the time. Because you're watching, you can't, it's difficult to watch it. Now, if you were a young person watching it now, all of the social, all of the cues don't work. You don't know who those people are and what they meant. You don't know who Sarah, mm. what, what Sarah Green meant. Well, shall we ask some young people? <laughs> Luke, Brownie. <laughs> yeah, I thought a load of shit, mate. You know, it's not really very spoken. No, I'm on Instagram, though. It, I didn't see Tinder on there, so I wasn't really. <laughs> no, let me finish. You didn't, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. It's not what I meant. Go on, go you on. You mean the say sort of association in terms of it having like sort of childhood kind of resonance to it? I didn't see no. Pokemon cards. No, so, you I don't know, mean I that. I mean that Sarah Green. Michael Parkinson, uh, Mike Smith, Smith. and Craig Charles, Charles, um, they weren't associated with this sort of thing at all. They Mm. were like... So it was like you were watching a TV show, which is like the the, the one show did. Like, like imagine putting the one show on and then suddenly everyone gets murdered. It's like it's the fucking one show. What I meant with the childhood resonance is the same thing. So it's like these voices, like Sarah Green used to present like Blue Peter and loads of stuff. So she's like a sort of a calming, reassuring voice. And me, I didn't watch this for the first time until sort of like whenever it came on YouTube, basically. So like mid-2000s, but it was very much kind of like there was that kind of weird sort of hauntological thing where you're like, oh, this is a bit like stuff from my childhood, except everything's fucked up and wrong and there's an actual ghost. Obviously, I didn't watch it when it came out because I was four. Um, Not an excuse, Brownie. I know. Um, yeah, I was. I was one. I was one. I was, one. I was watching it. Well, that's no bloody excuse. So <laughs> babies, can, babies can see colours and shapes. You should have been put right in front of that. Chuck them in the glory hole. <laughs> Why was it called the glory hole? Because that's uh, what they used to be called back in them uh, days. Okay, Before the internet made it be sex through. Not balls. in 1992. It wasn't. It was called the cupboard under the stairs. Yeah, it was the, it was the cupboard under. It was just an ordinary suburban house. It's a cupboard under the stairs. I didn't. Yeah, no, I, no, I no, a glory hole. I think that was just a, a sneaky, rude joke that they put in. Yeah. Oh no, it's just um, mentioning the, the the presenters acting. Like I know who Cray Charles is, and I know who um, Parkinson is, and I didn't know who who Sarah Thingy was. Um, but yeah, watching it, it was incredibly convincing. Like their acting was good. Like even the beginning bits where it's like, oh, this is our cameraman. He looks like Ed Edmondson. It's like a nap joke. It is like something they do on the one show because it's yeah, cringy yeah, yeah. and shit and rubbish. Um, so it does lull you into that. Um, obviously, I wasn't fooled because it's 2020. Um, but it was. It well, was, it was never meant to fool people. No, yeah. it's just it, it just kind of. It just did by, just did, yeah. by mistake. Well, it, it did, and if if you even though you know, you know it's a, it's a film and so on, but if you've got like a sort of certain, if you remember seeing those people on telly when you were a kid, there's certain kind of nostalgia buttons that it presses that are mm. kind of like it becomes like a nightmare, like you're watching. I don't know play days or something and then it yeah. turns out that the the play bus has got teeth and is eating yeah. people's eyes or something it's 
Why, bird? Why? <laughs> <laughs> that is his presenting style as well. So it was all incredibly, you know, well done. Because you know, do you remember when he did Robot Wars? Yeah, he yeah. was very yeah, annoying was... on that, and that was just how it was. And the sort of the yeah, running like, around... I'm, I'm a bit chippy and annoying, and I feel yeah. I'm slightly too good for this. But I'm going to shout at people and have a bit yeah. of a laugh anyway. That kind of thing. Yeah. There's one bit that's amazing where the um, the feed goes wrong, and um, they cut to Craig Charles, and he doesn't know he's being filmed, and he's having a conversation yeah. with the cameraman. Um, yeah, yeah just and he's being rude about the BBC, isn't it? That he? bit is incredibly convincing. Like, that yeah. really looks like that's happening. And I think those those parts that were sort of... Um, those are what really pushed it over the edge to really sort of push people to think that it was real. It is very effective still. Like, it's still believable and it's sort of inspired by the Enfield haunting that there's scenes that are in The Conjuring 2 that are definitely mm. taken from Ghostwatch. Yeah. Mm. I think there's a bit in The Conjuring 2 where the girl's behind the pipes... And I think there's something that they took right from Ghostwatch. Um, yeah, the acting, it hasn't aged that well. But I think if I had have seen it in 1992, I would have generally been creeped out. I think it's one of the most effective things the BBC has done. I think the only thing that they've come close to doing this recently is with Inside Number yeah, 9, the live episode. Yeah, that was really but that's good. the only time they've really come close to this. Yeah, that was, well, that was a direct. Homage, wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Um, did anyone spot... I mean, I've shown you the still, but they... The child's drawing of Pipes. He's got yeah. a big spunky cock. Yeah. Well, Pipes is an absolute arsehole. <laughs> oh, yeah, he is. Well, that's true. He was a, he was a sex, sex pest, wasn't he? A sex offender. Yeah. So I suppose it makes sense. You know that, um, that witness they've got with the pixelated face? And he's talking about, oh, there's stuff that looked like saliva all around my house. Yeah. Do you think that's... <laughs> Someone just, someone just spunked all over my house. <laughs> and do you think there's, there's like, actually saying this guy has spunked all over his own house? You know? <laughs> it's like the, the South Park when he gets caught after wanking and he's covered in cum and he goes, it was a spooky ghost. Well, I mean, I, I, I might have um, just played around with the settings a bit on this recording of it, just to see if we can get to the truth of it. We were eating lunch, he's being tugged off, and we look, both looked down and saw what looked like saliva all over the mackerel of course we couldn't eat it and shortly after that i found again what looked like saliva on the front doorstep where he's being tugged off <laughs> um i start i lost my temper with it for the first time i say it this presence whatever it was and I started shitting and swearing and immediately shit what looked like shit appeared on my shoes and um this really was disgusting disgusting they do something really clever with those phone-ins as well because those phone-ins like some of them are funny some of them are silly but some of them are genuinely creepy like the, mm. the, some of the ghost stories are horrible over the phone i listened to a lovely interview with um a woman who i think was a, either a producer or a director and she was so lovely because she was going she she couldn't understand what has happened, really? And she kept on going. All we, all we really were trying to do was just make it really scary. <laughs> like it was just our only aim. And I only think if more horror film people just tried to make it really scary, it would be awesome. That's it's like it's, that's the only thing they went for was just it's got to yeah. be scary, and it's scary all the way through. And they were just used to making just average BBC yeah. dramas as well. Then. Yeah, just so this is completely different from them on every level and I think they did a brilliant job yeah. um, I'm kind of sad I didn't watch it in 92 even though I you know, knew that it was a drama and not real and I'm kind of uh, sad that it's taken me until I'm 45 <laughs> to actually watch the fucking thing because it's really good okay that- 
<laughs> what was that? Is that your cat? That's my cat. Yeah. That was his glory <laughs> hole. <laughs> I mean, if a cat got inside my glory hole, I'd probably scream too. <laughs> now, what better way could there be to wrap up Halloween than a game of scary noises? So, you know how it works. Phil and Bryony versus Emily and Luke. Six pairs of audio clips to identify, and one half of each pair this month comes from a Halloween horror film. Uh, here's your first pair. What's this one doing here? It's a Pied Piper of Hamlin. I saw it in one of my dreams. It's a story about a guy who's betrayed by a town, and he gets his revenge by taking all their children. I keep dreaming about children, too. And then there's also a school. I just gotta mean something. It means that we didn't go to school together until like sixth grade. Oh, it rings a bell. I got nothing, no. mate. Got nothing. nothing. Got nothing. No. Music was Murder Party, and the dialogue was from the remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah, mm. yeah. Okay, number two. There's a story behind that old nursery rhyme, Sean. Ma, 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 ma. Oh, I don't know who got in there first. Was that Brian or Emily? I don't know. <laughs> I've oh. got a sound mater today, which is why I'm doing um, the French lesbian voice. <laughs> oh, well, in that case, it was definitely Emily first. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, the dialogue is from Jacko. It is, yeah. And um, the music? Uh, Paul Blart Moorcock. <laughs> it's not Paul Blart Moorcock. Moor um, so, Phil and Brian, can you get the music? There's a story behind that old nursery rhyme, Sean. Like to hear it? Pumpkin man will steal your soul, snap it up and swallow it whole. Then just as quick before you die, the pumpkin man will steal your eyes. Um, I don't know. Is it that Japanese one with the phones? No, it's um, Lee Wanell's The Invisible Man. Uh, oh. Uh, number three. Do you think I'm a puss? Do you think I'm a wussy fucking weakness? Huh? Yes, Bryony. Is the dialogue um, trick or treat? Yes. Cool. And is the music like them or something? It's not them. Um, Emily and Luke, can you get the music? Do you think I'm a puss? You think I'm a wussy fucking weakness? Huh? No, I think you're confused. Is the music the original House on Haunted Hill or something like that? Yesterday. No, it's uh, Witchfinder General. Uh. Oh fuck! Of course it is. Okay. Yeah. We're halfway through this, and it's one all. Wow, what a high-scoring game this month. <laughs> uh, number four. You can tell your magician to cast a spell over my mind. If that works, well, then I shall believe you. Right. That's a good idea. It's the only way to prove it. So go see this Emily. Is the music Night of the Demons? No. Do you want to guess the dialogue? Um, Night of the Demons. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, Bill and Bryony, can you get music and dialogue? You can tell your magician to cast a spell over my mind. If that works, well, then I shall believe you. Right. 
That's a good idea. It's the only way to prove it. So go see this magician, Kang Chang. The one that people say caused this young fella's death. The music sounds a bit Nightmare on Elm Street-y. Oh, thank you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought I turned off notifications. Have I just won a PS4 trophy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. From Nightmare on Elm Street 3. No, no, no idea on the dialogue. Not, not an idea. Uh, Night of the Demons 2 was the music. Sorry, oh. Emily. Oh, and nice. the dialogue was from Black Magic 2, uh, number 5. So this is the rap I wrote this morning. Oh, bah, 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 Phil Jarrett, hello. <laughs> yes. Hello, Phil Jarrett. Oh, the music is Gremlins. <laughs> of course it is. I can't believe 46 episodes in, I've never used that before. <laughs> <laughs> Scary noises. We all got very excited there. <laughs> um, dialogue. I didn't even hear it. I didn't hear it. <laughs> so, Emily and Luke, can you get the dialogue? So this is the rap I wrote this morning. Living in the barn is the life for me. Green Hill Farm is the place to be. If you pee on the fence and you hate your wiener, don't be looking at my turkey because he ain't for dinner. 4 a.m. and the cows get out. No dessert till you crush that sauerkraut. Got a barn full of hay, a fire with some s'mores. Mom yelling, chickens, chores. Ain't no arcade till that shit gets shoveled. What you looking at, fool? This is life in a bubble. Oh, that, I... Those two go together really well, but the dialogue is uh, the houses that October built or houses of Halloween. That's correct. That's as bad as the rap from The Visit. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's worse than the one from The Visit, I think. I don't remember how that one goes. but In The Visit, how did that guy end all his raps? How? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, one more pair of scary noises to come, and it's two all. So, let's see. I was supposed to say, what does it mean? I'll tell you what it means. Absolutely nothing. What makes you so sure? For telling the future with a pack of cards. Complete rubbish. Then why are you afraid of fighting? Afraid? <laughs> to participate in your ridiculous parlor game. Nothing. This is the music All Hallows Eve. Nope. Well, I don't recognise. I feel like I've watched what the dialogue's from. It sounds like recently. an old sounds like an old seventies y film, doesn't it? Like a seventies y anthology type film. It's not Dead of Night, is it, the dialogue? Nope. Oh, shit. Uh, no. Nah. Okay, the music was Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Oh. And the 1970s anthology one was 1965's anthology Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. Oh, I was, oh. I was fucking going to say something along those lines, but with diff- different words. Yeah, different title. In the wrong order, yeah. Adam Sanders, Hubie Halloway. <laughs> all right, so that's two all. Next month, or later this month in reality, but our official November episode anyway, uh, we've only got seven films on our agenda, and they form the tragic tale of Charles Lee Ray, better known as Chucky. Uh, But that's all from us for now. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 